You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Abdacha, Austin, Shabakizabi. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's he ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, now, your host, host. Matt Stone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that you were enjoying what was a, I don't know, a, a peaceful, kind of start to the summer. We all knew business was going to get done. We knew Saints were going to, to make some moves in the transfer window. It just seemed to not quite be happening yet. And then after we recorded the last show, everything kind of went off uh, between Salisu being announced, Kyle Walker-Peters coming in, Hoiberg going out. That was all fine. We knew all those things were coming. We covered it in the newsletter. We covered it in previous podcasts. Uh, the news just hadn't broken yet. And then... After I recorded this week's episode with the Southampton Women's Football Club, um, everything was going splendidly. And then out of nowhere, this happened. And in seemingly no time, the skies that were filled with sunshine, that were warming our bodies and the earth just a few hours before, turned to thunder and rain and lightning strikes and fires and reports that LD Sport, our main shirt sponsor, is going bankrupt, is going to pull out and cost the club 15 million pounds over the next two years unless Saints can find a replacement. That surfaced. And if that wasn't bad enough, I woke up on Monday morning to find that we had lost someone else to United. Carl Anker leaving Southampton, going to cover Manchester United uh, for The Athletic. Um, good for him. I'm going to miss Carl. He's going to be replaced uh, by Dan Sheldon from the Echo. That's a brilliant signing by The Athletic. But once again, Southampton loses somebody we love. They go to one of the quote-unquote big teams, and I just hope it works out better for him than it did for Morgan Schneiderlin. I'm sure that it will. Um, not because Morgan wasn't uh, fit, not because he wasn't uh, available to make it happen, but uh, I think Carl's just going to make it work because that's what Carl does. Uh, and I'm going to miss him. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. Um, but it's going to be okay. And I don't know that it's going to be okay just because Dan's going to do a great job, which he will. Um, but it's going to be okay because I'm going to do this now. And that makes everything uh, just that much better. Um, and if you want to get one of these, depending on what time of day it is, I don't know if you're going to work or not, um, but it's evening as I record this, and it's been uh, a long day. It's my first day back at school. So we're just going to sit here and do this because this show was done um, until all of this other stuff happened. And so now we're sitting here re-recording this, and that's fine. Um, then we're going to pause one second for a hydration break. 
drinking a German beer in uh, honor of Bayern scoring eight against uh, Barcelona. Just pissed they couldn't score nine because that would have made you know the weekend even better. But instead, uh, we we we'll just leave it there. So um, anyway, on this week's episode, uh, we're not going to talk about any of the stuff that has happened because we're not going to because it's just it's done. It's gone. Um, I'm going to cry over Carl leaving and that'll be fine. But this week on the show, we have two members of the Southampton Women's Football Club joining the show. Uh, we're going to talk with assistant coach, assistant first team coach Lee Hurl and one of the club's newest signings an attacking midfielder. Jody Burchell. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about the season that was last year. We're going to talk about the way the season ended, the prospects for this season. We'll talk a little bit about Jody's career, having played on three continents uh, in very different leagues and, and kind of what that's all meant to her. Uh, but I'm very excited to have this conversation. I've been looking forward to it uh, for some time. And special thanks, of course, to Haley Newman, who is the club uh, media officer who does um, so much for the club. They have a new website up that makes it uh, way easier to find results and future matches and everything else. And it's going to play a big role because they can't have anybody in the stadium just yet. So if you are a fan of the Southampton Women's Football Club, that new website will be your guide to kind of staying up with what's going on with the team uh, as they move into a new home, a new home field for this season. And they look for promotion once again. So um, special thanks to, to both Lee and Jody and Haley for making this happen. Um, if you are a small business owner or a local business owner, you can have a big local business, that'd be great too. Um, but the South Hampton Women's Football Club is always looking for um, sponsorships. Players need sponsorships. The club needs sponsorships. So if you are interested and able uh, to do that, uh, the whole club would appreciate it, whether it's an individual player or the club as a, as a whole. Um, everybody will be appreciative if you are able to help them out. The links to get in contact with the club secretary are in the show notes. So you can go ahead uh, and get in contact with them. They would love that. I would love that. And I think you would too. And um, yeah, I think that does it. That's enough rambling. Uh, I think I'm in a better mood now because this episode is, is one that I really enjoyed. So thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you on the other side. So it's my pleasure to welcome back Lee Hurl. Said that right, right? Yep. All right. Cool. And Jody Birchall. Um, Jody, this is your first time on the show, but Lee, you've been here before. Um, both are associated with the Southampton Women's Football Club. Lee is a first team coach and Jody, you are one of the newest signings. Um, but welcome. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah. Nice to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you both very much. Lee, you've, you've been here before, but it's been a, a little while. What's what's new with you since the last time we spoke? Yeah, I think we were just about to play our first pre-season game when uh, you had me in Smithy on last time. Um, that feels like an age ago now as well, <laughs> even though it was only just over a year. Um, yeah, just a weird, weird, uh, weird season of football. Um, quite anticlimactic as well with the, the league just getting cancelled. Yeah, and I think I think last time you guys were sitting, maybe it was after a training session or something that you guys were sitting in opposite cars. I think you could see each other, and you were talking to me both. It was. It was great, um, but it was a long time ago, and a lot has a lot has happened since then. A, a weird season, a shortened season, and now um, kind of back at it. And uh, I guess in the in the heat of the summer for for you guys. Although I think you had a storm come through. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's good. Temperatures come down a little bit, which is um, quite good ahead of the first friendly tomorrow. We didn't want to be playing that in ridiculous heat. Yeah, yeah, and and just briefly, how do you feel about about going into that tomorrow? Um, yeah, really good. Everyone's excited to get going. Um, We've been prepping for um, sort of a few weeks now. Started off with sort of individual training sessions and small groups because of the, um, the COVID restrictions. You know, we've been doing like full team training for 
probably the last three weeks now um, since that was given the green light. So um, yeah, I think everyone's just looking to get into it. Given that our last actual game was Mar- mid-March, I think. Um, everyone's yeah, everyone's really uh, really raring to go again. Absolutely. Um, and, and Jody, you you've recently joined the team, um, but you've had kind of a, quite a, a long history of, of football and I think several continents and, and different teams. So, um, yeah. if you don't mind, can I ask you a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know you recently moved back to the UK, but you, yeah. were, you were born there, right? And, and, and you were, you, you started playing at, at a fairly young age. Yeah. So, um, I was born in Portsmouth, um, and loved football from day one. I still remember when I was like six years old and I was just on the sofa with my dad and I was just like this chunky kid and I was like, Dad, can I play football? And then from that day, I've just played football since. But yeah, I just started playing with like boys. And then I had a trial for Chelsea when I was, I think, 10 years old and then just started playing from that sort of level from that point, really. And then so you started playing for Chelsea and then at some point, uh, I won't ask who your dad supports because you told me you were born, so I won't want to get into that. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but at some point you moved to Australia, and I mean, as a as a kid, no matter what age, whether you're ten or fifteen or whatever, that that's a big change. Um, yeah. What was I mean? What was the biggest adjustment for you p- going to play football down in Australia from playing uh, in, in Chelsea and in, in England? I think what the hardest thing was, was um, I was really settled. I was like, I loved um, playing at Chelsea. Like, it was a really good standard. Um, and like, I was developing. And then when I was 12, my parents just told me that I was moving to Australia. And to be honest, at the time, I was a bit like, I don't really want to go. Um, yeah. And then obviously went to Australia and it was a completely different culture. Um, I think it was a bit, it's a, diff- it's a good, but it's a different game to what, like, how English players play. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a lot of a cultural change and had to try and adjust, really. Yeah. Well, and mm. weather's a lot different too, right? Oh, yeah. Playing in the heat, it's, um, it's hard. Because <laughs> I, hate, I hate playing in the heat. So, um, yeah. Well, so I guess you, you move down there, and then from there you actually wind up moving over to the United States for, for college. Um, you went to college in yeah. Maryland. And yeah. I mean, I guess if you talk about heat, the, the, it, that's also there, right? That's a, that's a, that's yeah. a very muggy uh, kind of, I have family that lives um, further south than, than where you were in Maryland, but uh, I know all oh, about right. those, those summers. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, can you, can you, you kind of, you mentioned there was a difference in, in the style of play between Australia and the UK. Um, yeah. Was there also a difference between what you had experienced in Australia and the UK and then what you, you ran into when you came to the US college game? Yeah, I think that's what I love. Like, I've lived in three different countries and I've experienced football in each country. So you've got to try and adjust to the way that the Americans play or the way that Australians play. Like, for example, in America, it's very fitness-orientated. Um, like, strength and aggression is quite big, but it's quite big in England as well but in Australia it's not as big like strength and aggression so um yeah it's interesting and I I, guess how did you find playing in in the college system with the the travel and like you said the the kind of different even substitution rules in terms of of how things can go 
Um, was it a difficult adjustment for, for you to, to make? And, and then did you, did you also feel like that maybe, um, do you, do you think it played into your strength or did you, or did it have to require you to kind of change your approach to things? Um, I must admit, I did struggle. I think because I was 18 when I like moved, like, so I left all my family. So I was there by myself and I struggled with that part of it as well as, um, you're doing a lot, but I love, I love the fact that we train like twice a day and then play games twice a week. Um, and it was a full on, like, it's quite professional and you've got a nutritionist, you've got like, as you would know, as being like a teacher, you know what the universities are like. That. So from that aspect, it was really cool. And like getting to travel with them like around different places in America and things like that. So yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. Um, but yeah, I just don't think it was really for me to be fair. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and then I, I guess, how did you wind up back in, in England playing for, for, for Southampton? There was, I mean, has your family moved back to England or did you just choose to go back there instead of going back to Australia after, after school was done? Well, I didn't actually finish um, school in America because um, I wasn't that happy there. So I just made oh. a decision to go back to Australia. So I went back to Australia for a bit, um, played back at my old team. And then I decided I want to move back to England by myself. So I just, just made the decision and just done it. So, yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> and are you living in, in a PO postcode again? Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> It's all right. Um, so, but, but now you're here and, and I guess this is where we'll, we'll bring Lee in. Uh, Lee, when you have a player that's kind of been Australia and, or, you know, for Chelsea and then down in Australia and then over in, in America, um, when that player comes back into, in, in, into the, the Southampton women's FC kind of uh, catchment area, like how do you, how do you go about making that them show up for, for you instead of somebody else? And don't, you don't have to give away like secrets, but like, you know what's the what's the kind of general practice, I guess. Um, I'm not actually too sure because it was um, it was Smithy who um, sort of orchestrated it all. Um, I remember sort of before obviously football got cancelled last season. Um, he told me he had a player coming down to training who'd uh, just come back from Australia um, in America. So we saw Jody in a training session instantly. Um, sort of all the coaches agreed, like, yeah, we need to get assigned. <laughs> Jody, is it is it difficult to walk into a a full team training when you're not when you're not necessarily part of the team just yet and, and trialing, or are you kind of used to that stuff at this point? Yeah, it's um really nerve wracking because um I lack a lot of confidence, but a lot of people tell me I like I don't seem like I do, but I do. And so when you're going into a new environment that you don't know anyone or or whatever, it is nerve wracking. But I just think you've got to do it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know. I, when everybody understands all the kind of chemistry and, and who gets the ball when and when where people like the ball and, and how they want it delivered to them and all that other stuff, and then you don't understand any of that, it, it's uh, even the guys I play with, they, they get very frustrated when somebody new comes out. It's like, dude, they don't even know who you are. Like, be quiet. Um, but that's okay. Um, so can I just ask you one more time? I mean, I know you said you didn't have a great, a great experience or you, and not that you didn't have a great experience, but you didn't uh, really enjoy it or you weren't that happy in the United States. But yeah. Um, I would just, I would say that what, I mean, what was the hardest part about it? Was it just being away from your family or was it, uh, was it on the pitch stuff that, that you found, I guess, more difficult? And that's, I'm, I'm asking that more for the people who may be listening to this as, uh, as fans of the Southampton women's football club or somebody who may have aspirations. And I know, uh, Southampton, 
uh, the Women's Football Club just sent uh, another player back over to the United States to play uh, down yeah. at, at Troy. So uh, there are other people who may be listening who maybe you know, could take this into consideration. Um, well, I just think on this, like, not having family around me was very hard. And I think it just was very overwhelming. Um, you're, do, you're going 100 miles an hour 24-7. And for some people, that might be, you might be in your element. But for me, I, I think I just was in, I was lacking confidence on the field and I just felt like um, football was my life. And so when it wasn't um, going amazing, I thought, well, it's just hard. Like, I, I don't know, just, um, it depends the type of person you are, to, to be honest. I need people around me that, um, like family, for example, but other people might not need that. So, yeah, yeah. it just depends what you're like. Um, like how you adjust to it, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a it's definitely a difficult transition. We see that even with with professional players who move places and then can't uh, or don't adjust well and don't like it and and don't want to you know wind up moving because of it. And that's I think that's just part of it. Um, yeah, definitely. At least you're back out of that that uh, that humid, wet <laughs> kind of summer. Um, that yeah, I still I still remember. I still remember going um out of the plane and I stepped out and I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm in Australia. And a lot of artificial pitches too as well, right? When Where you play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very humid, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's for some, we don't normally have that humid weather here, but we have had it the past couple of days and we went to go like run and I just like looked at the guys running with, I was like, go ahead. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to um, Anyway. Uh, Lee, so you mentioned last season, obviously we know it all kind of ended abruptly, um, but the team was sitting second in the table. You were having a good season. Uh, and it was one of those things like what, obviously like safety and public health and everything else is much more important than, than football. Um, but at the same time, what was, what did it feel like to kind of have that seat, your season kind of stopped and kind of taken away from you when you were once again, uh, challenging at the top of the table and having a good season. Yeah, it was just it was just frustrating because obviously, you know, a lot of work goes in off the pitch as well as on the pitch. Um, so for the staff and the players, um, it was really frustrating because we, we felt like we were working towards something, um, and then things would just go, you know, shut it down. <laughs> um, it was a bit strange because a lot of other leagues decided to do a points per game basis, or they, you know, they got the games paid eventually. So. Um, yeah, it was just frustration more than anything that it was sort of all felt like it was a little bit for nothing. But um, I think we'll see the benefits this season because obviously the players got used to how we wanted them to play, um, got used to how me and Smithy are kind of thing. So there's stuff we can take into this season. But it was just um, just strange to have it cut short. <laughs> yeah, well, and immediately kind of. Thing. And and I know you guys do you do do some scouting of other teams and. You know, I, I imagine that in the off season, those teams probably there's probably a quite heavy changeover in, in a lot of those teams. So now the, the scouting has to kind of start um, um, all over again. You know, I... <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of teams in our league have, um, have signed players from higher levels as well. So um, I think the league will potentially be more competitive than it was last year, um, which is good because it sort of um, gives us a bit of a motivation to raise our levels as well yes yeah and i i guess looking at it and obviously you guys haven't played any games yet and i'm sure it will change once people start start playing but uh are you looking at any other teams in particular as as being um, 
you know, potential uh, challenges. And, and I, I would assume that your expectation is to, to challenge for uh, once again, uh, promotion and, and kind of be towards the top of the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. We definitely want to be up there challenging in the mix again. Um, it's definitely our aim. Uh, obviously, you know, the, um, the Science and FC team have got a budget that's far beyond anyone else in our league and right. far beyond most clubs in the league above. So um, they'll be, they'll probably be the favorites again. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a few clubs like there's, there's a team called Buckland who are sort of down um, in the West, in the Southwest, who they signed a couple of really good players from Plymouth. Um, so they'll be, they'll be strong this year, I think. Exeter are a good team. Cheshire are a good team. Um, who else is there as well? Um, Cheltenham uh, as well, or the other. Um, okay. It's going to have a lot of good young players there. So um, I think that will be the main sort of cluster of top teams. But the thing is, <clears throat> at this level, you never know. Some team could have uh, been quite, uh, quietly recruiting and uh, come out of nowhere. So it's, um, it's always interesting. Yeah. Um, and Jody, um, you know, Lee, Lee mentioned that you had a, some sort of, uh, you, Smithy knew you from somehow and, and how did, how did that happen in terms of when you were back? Did you start reaching out to people to, to come into this team or were you looking for places to play or did somebody come to you and, and kind of say, Hey, why don't you train for us? Um, and, or, and did you train for, for other teams as well? Um, so when I came, before I came back, I contacted a few teams, um, over here. And um, the Oxford coach got in contact with me and I was having a chat with him and he was really nice and helpful in that. But because Oxford's quite a way away from where I live, and when I came back, I didn't have a car, I didn't have much, like, I, I couldn't get anywhere. And um, I, um, Liam, I think his name is, he said he knows the Southampton coach. So he said he put me in contact with Smithy and it just went from there. And just Smithy was really helpful, done like everything to help me out um, and I had a training session and just went from there really and just loved it like as soon as I went there. Hmm. Um, I, I guess let's uh, let's talk a little bit about about coming back to training and things like that. Um, Lee you mentioned that you know you had to to follow some government protocols but what were you doing it, during the off season in terms of, of keeping in touch with people because I'm, I'm I'm quite confident that it wasn't just, uh, okay, season's over, we'll see you in July or whatever, and then no contact between the team. Um, how did you kind of go about managing the off-season and keeping people informed as to what you needed them to do and what you wanted them to do and, 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 and that stuff to kind of build towards this season? Um, yeah, there was, um, there was quite a bit of um, stuff over Zoom. Um, obviously, like the rest of the world, we discovered the benefits of, uh, uh, of Zoom. Um, so players were sort of, there was sort of social catch-ups and quizzes and things um, just to keep everyone sort of interacting. Um, and then there was some well, people needing fitness sessions and stuff um, so that players could sort of do some sort of exercise to um, keep them in there. And like I say, once um, the individual and group sessions were given the green light, um, those started up. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, the rest from there to um, back into the full-team training environment, which is... Um, yeah, it's good to be back at it. Yeah, so I mean, full team training now. Do you have to wear face coverings and stuff while you're doing training, or are you guys allowed to kind of uh, actually train? No, we can we can actually train, but um, like the equipment needs to be disinfected. Um, people try not to touch the footballs um, with their hands at all, like between sessions, like picking things up at all. It's, um, 
sort of try and limit the amount of people that are touching the same things, um, sort of disinfecting equipment and stuff. Um, the players will have individual um, uh, sets of bibs or pinnies, I think okay. you guys call them in the States a lot. Um, they have individual ones of those because they're not allowed to swap them at all okay. or anything. So they have to have their own individual ones of them, which they're doing to training and things. So um, it, it's, it's, we've had to make some adjustments, but it's um, obviously it's all worth doing to, to get back into that sort of proper environment again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned trying to hit, people trying not to touch the football. I was going to say that's that's me every time I play. I'm just like, don't give it to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, Jody, has it been a difficult kind of adjustment coming back to training in, in, in this environment? Or is it just been like, you're just happy to be out there playing football. So, you know, you'll put up with the, the not swapping bibs and not picking up cones. And that's probably actually a nice thing for, for a lot of players is not having to worry about going to, to collect yeah, the cones if you lose a training, training game. Yeah. Um, it is um, a bit weird, like with all the restrictions and stuff. But to be to be honest, I'm just so happy to be playing again and like having that excitement when you're on the field and around your team and stuff. Like it's just brilliant. So just looking at the positives with it, really. Yeah, well, that's a that's a that's a good outlook. A lot of people uh, won't do that, and that makes life suck. So um, yeah, <laughs> and I I assume just reading through. Um, I read through the, the signing announcement and things like that. Uh, you definitely play uh, further forward. Do you play uh, on the wing or you play through the middle or what's your preferred position? Um, well, my preferred position is attacking midfield, um, but also as a central striker. I'm more of a central player, to be fair. Like, I'm not a bit lost that wide. Okay. And and so I, I guess and, and I guess for Southampton women's, is that where you're playing? You're playing through the middle for, for the most part? Yeah, I think so. Maybe I should ask Lee. Um, yeah, Lee, am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for the most part, um, yeah, that's that's where we look to use Jody. But um, yeah, who knows? It depends on uh, depends on the game. To be playing on any given week, um, and yeah, who the opponents are and everything. So, uh, but we, yeah, we yeah, we we know about Jody's strengths and um, what she's good at. So it's just trying to find out where within the structure of the team we can use her to maximise her strength. Um, and Lee, I will, I will ask you, you did lose a, a couple of players over, over the summer. You had people kind of mm-hmm. um, move on. And I know that other signings will be announced later and, and we're not going to, we won't get into those. But um, I, I would say is, is when you, when Jody's coming in, is she filling a hole left by somebody else or is there, is there going to be movement around that or, or kind of, I guess, I guess, what did you, what did you guys uh, have players move on? But are you are you are you lacking in those areas still, or are you um are you are you kind of were you able to fill those gaps? I guess uh, through um, through the off season. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I mean, Jodie's more of an addition to what we already had because um, we were, we were going to sign her last season had the season not finished early. Um, so she was more of an addition to, to on top of what we already had in the squad. But um, with some of the other players, like uh, obviously uh, Aaron Bloomfield, the centre forward, went to. Um, has gone out to Troy, so um, we just announced the signing of, um, of Meg Vella from Bournemouth. Um, so she's a sort of um, a straight swap in there as a as a number nine kind of thing as a centre forward. We lost uh, Charlie Taylor, one of our centre midfielders, so um, there'll be a replacement for her that's coming in or has come in. That'll be announced. And um, Rose Kite, the goalkeeper, and she went up to um, join Oxford in the league above, uh, and we signed uh, Ellie uh, Ellie Parker from uh, Maidenhead in our league so we've um 
we we haven't had that much turnover, um, which is is good because it allows for some continuity. Um, but the players that have left, um, I think we've got some you know really good uh, people in the door who uh, who can step into those roles, which is um, which is brilliant because um, we want to have a competitive squad. It's not the sort of squad where someone could just name our first eleven. Uh, every week kind of thing. It's, there's real competition for places. Um, there's good coverage across all the positions, which is uh, is something that we've looked to do um, sort of intentionally and versatile players that can play sort of a couple of positions each as well. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I mean, I guess that is an advantage for you because they can't prep for a specific starting 11, but there's also kind of difficult for you because it's, uh, you know, you may have somebody who just goes through a bad week of training and you're like, can we pick them, you know, or, or if somebody else steps up, we'll, we'll be positive. Somebody else has a really good week of training and then can we, can we put them in there? So it, does that, does that, I mean, is that, that's a good, that's a good problem to have for, for you and, and the rest of the coaching staff is to, to kind of have a really strong competition for places, even though, you know, some players may just wish they were the absolute best person and they knew they're going to get picked every week. Yeah, it's um, it's a good problem to have. It's definitely a problem. <laughs> it's, uh, it can be a little bit stressful because you're obviously trying to um, manage people's emotions and um, uh, and sort of mental well-being along with all the, the football side of things as well. So um, it's uh, it's hard to keep everyone happy, but I'd rather have that challenge than just players who know that they can just turn up and they'll be in the team each week. Yeah, um, because I think you know that sort of fosters complacency and. Um, you know, if you've got a player who you're trying to sign and they say, like, I won't sign unless you guarantee I'll play every week, that's the wrong mentality for me. You know, everything everything right. needs to be earned. Yeah. I just remember back to when I was coaching uh, baseball and we're all the way in Hawaii, which is not close to me. And <laughs> we had a kid go and uh, the manager just refused to play him. He didn't play him a single inning. And we were like, his whole family's in Hawaii to watch him play and he doesn't play a single inning. And I'm just like, this is not going to go well. Like, I don't want to be in the dugout when dad comes down here because it's going to be, it's going to be real rough. So hopefully you don't have parents getting on you <laughs> from the stands anymore. But, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it does happen at some point. Um, yeah, I think players who want to play at this level need to be able to deal with that as well. Um, obviously, we'll try and help people deal with it um, the best we can, the best they can. But I think if you, if you want to aspire to play at a high level, you need to be of that mentality that, you know, you earn the shirt every week with a training session for the games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there are some changes uh, coming with the team uh, this, this season and uh, the new ground is, is one of them. You, you've moved home grounds and I was looking on a map. Can you tell us a little bit about the new ground and, and kind of what's going to happen there? We're really pleased with, um, with Oldsford. Um, we're playing. It's uh, we had our sort of first look at the place um, as a squad last week for the media day when like, squad photos and things were being done and uh, everyone loves the place it's really um, it's got a really homely feel to it um, really nice facilities there so um, yeah everyone's looking forward to it the, the people there like the, the people who run the club there couldn't be more welcoming as well um, like they're really excited to have us there um, which um, it's, it's a good thing because I think there's some women's clubs who feel a little bit like a, an inconvenience um, <laughs> at some clubs and that's not how it should be. It, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're also they're, they're giving us everything they give to their uh, men's team out there, which is, is how it should be. Yeah, yeah, and um, the the ground has a, a covered patio and, and other things for for fans to kind of enjoy enjoy the match from. And 
um, just some of the media, uh, some of the pictures that that Haley put up that look like a, a real nice place to be. And um, I don't know. I think it'll be exciting for for the whole team to to be able to be there and to to play their home games. And it's nice that they're, I guess, making you feel at home instead of making you feel like you're just visiting. I guess that that's a big mm-hmm. difference. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of teams around the area and all through the league maybe don't have that that good of a relationship with with their home ground. And uh, so I think that that that's great for 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 you and. Um, and I don't know, and I, I guess uh, Jody, what did you what did you make of of the ground? How the how the pitch feel maybe compared to uh, to those hot astroturf pitches in the United States? <laughs> yeah, I I really liked it. Like Lee said, it just was really homely. It's good facilities, and I could just picture good memories there this season. So I'm excited. All right, all right. Um, you mentioned you know that obviously the the goals for the team are to, to challenge towards the top of the table. We talked a little bit about the other teams that may be, uh, you know, tough to 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 get around. Um, but Jody, do you have kind of individual goals going into a season? You've obviously played uh, on three different continents and in multiple leagues. And as a, I guess, as an attacking midfielder, do you do you kind of set out like you know you want to create or you want to you know have this many assists or this many goals, or do you just kind of uh, what's what's your plan going into a season? And I guess that once again, this might be speaking to somebody who's looking to to progress in their game and and it's always i'm always interested in how people feel about uh you, you know trying to improve individually and, and and have a good season but really it's about it's about the team at the end of the day yeah um i think my goal this season is to get back out there get um my name known to score goals for the team assists and just do really well as a team um yeah i'm just I guess just enjoy the game really because I do I do want to in the future like aspire to go to higher divisions and like so obviously I need to improve on certain things and I just want to focus on on that really this season all right all right um I hate to do this to you, uh, but I, I do it to every player who's on. And I, I guess if if today's match day or tomorrow's match day, but people won't hear this till Tuesday. But going into a match day, what's your? Do you have a normal routine? Does it start the night before? Do you have a a meal you have to eat, or what's what's your kind of uh, walk me through your 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 morning or evening before the match and tell me kind of what what that timeline looks like for you? Okay. Um. Well, I make sure I'm hydrated. Um. So that night before, like. Today I'm just drinking a little water, stretching, um, even do a bit of band work just to like, um, you know, just keep my legs a bit more, like just moving my legs around and stuff like that. Then I'll wake up, um, maybe have like poached eggs and toast, have a cup of tea, stay hydrated again, a um, bit of stretching, but also just getting into a good mental state because um that's important just be fired up and just get ready for the game really and then uh, what time what time do you head down since the home matches are are um you know 20 25 minutes away um everybody go together or you get there on your own or how does that work um i think at the moment with covid we're getting to the games ourselves but lee didn't you last season go um Going like buses and stuff. Yeah, the buses, the mini buses. Yeah, for, yeah. for away games, did um, for the start of this season. I think all the away games, people have to travel in like bubbles, uh, kind of thing. Like no more than right. like two, three people to a car. But yeah, it might be a while before we can um, get back on the mini bus again. Uh, 
I think there might be the possibility of like a, a bigger bus where people can socially distance on the bus. Um, but I think there's there's lots of different possibilities being looked into um, at the moment. What what's cost effective as well? Sure. Um, so there's um, yeah, there's some strange things like um, for all the friendlies, whether it's home or away, you have to sort of split um, into additional changing areas and stuff as well. So um, right. yeah, there's there's still plenty to consider at the moment with uh, with COVID, which it, it's not ideal, but if it means you know. If we can get back playing again, we're happy to do whatever uh, whatever it takes. And, and on that, I mean, last season when when I talked to you and Smithy, it was it was very apparent to me that the the team kind of building and the chemistry and the um, everybody being together pregame was such a big a big part of what you guys were were doing. Um, that do you are are you worried at all about the fact that you can't do that as much this season, uh, or at least now? Or have you guys kind of found other ways to to make sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody's kind of mixing together, um, you know, just just personality wise and, and uh, team chemistry wise? Um, yeah, I think the fact that there's such a large um, cluster of players from from last season um, that are staying on for this season, I think that really helps. Um, and I think um, that group who are staying on have really welcomed in the new play as well. Um, and I, th- I think. You know, there's a real togetherness about the squad, even though we've not had um, the perfect environment to, to build that with all the restrictions. Um, so I think that should be fine. And you know, we're talking about all sorts of possibilities, like everyone jumps on a Zoom call um, the day before the game as well, just to go over a few things or something, and that way people are interacting there as well. Um, but um, just getting back on the train pitch has really helped as well. We had uh, we had like a little socially distance barbecue. Um, a few weeks back before we could train and that was quite fun just introducing everyone sort of in person again so that was that was good yeah uh, are you are you tired of zoom calls yet and i'm not just asking that because we're on one now <laughs> no I, I think it's i think it's great um i think it's um something that could have maybe been utilized in the past but no one was really aware of it so um yeah it's, it's been good we've had um some coach education events via it as well. We've had a couple of um, sort of high profile coaches that I can't name come on and talk to all our coaching staff and stuff. Um, so people from higher leagues um, and the players have had some as well. So um, that, that's all been really useful. Um, I think it's a, it's a good tool that we're now aware of. So just kind of breaking from this uh, a little bit, I mean, you look at kind of what happened with with your season last year in terms of they just called a halt to everything and everything stopped and there was no promotion. There was nothing. It was just done. Uh, I believe it was the term null and void. Is that what, is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Just um, everything got wiped. And so, you know, you look at that compared to what's happened in, you know, like the, almost like the champions league or the Europa league or something like that. Like, would you, would you hope that if something comes up again, this season that that you go to some sort of even if it's changed you know it's single elimination for for the champions league is what's there's no home and away um would you would you want to see something like that come in if 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 possible just to to kind of progress the season along and and you know maybe change it up a little bit or would you you know i guess would you just opt to to play the all the games later or what would be your 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 plan i guess uh your contingency plan going forward if if something were to happen again yeah i think safety is the main thing um but obviously you know, you you want to you want to see things through to completion because it just sort of left a little bit of an empty feeling. Um, 
when you put a lot of work into something and then, you know, because um, even if we hadn't got promoted, at least we would have, you know, we would have known what, how the league concluded kind of thing, because um, we still had to play uh, Southampton in a fixture um, and, you know, who knows what those last few games of the league could have, uh, could have held. So, um, I think if, if, you know, if anything does happen again, it'd be good if there can be some sort of sporting conclusion to the season. Yeah. Um, but uh, ho- hopefully, you know, things will um, be you know, getting better and better um, going forward in terms of how things are dealt with and, and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, even the, the Women's Super League, the top level, they weren't allowed to finish the season on the pitch. They, um, they decided the remaining games on a points per game average. Um, so they had relegation and everything, um, which again, I don't know how I feel about that either. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they decided they went down that route and Ali decided to go down the um, just cancellation route. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw leagues all over the place do relegation and get sued and have, uh, you know, meetings with the court of arbitration for sport and everything else. And, and that's mm-hmm. all hopefully uh, behind us now, but it's, it's, I mean, cause there's, there are implications for people who wind up getting, relegated or promoted out of this because even you know some of those teams you get promoted in other leagues you don't even know if it's going to hold up or, or what's going to happen so all kinds of things can change but um jody you know all, all of that aside i we did i didn't ask you and i i'm still i'm i'm hesitating to ask you um oh so god <laughs> i'll go this way so what players growing up did you really look to and and i guess you know how did you become, how did you find yourself playing in, in number 10 or attacking midfield or, or as a striker? How did you kind of go towards that position versus, you know, the other positions that are, that are available to you on, on the pitch? And so I guess growing up, who did you look up to and do you look up to anybody different now or new now or, or the same person now or whatever? Uh, and then, um, you know, how did you find yourself playing uh, in, in the middle of the pitch uh, in the attacking third? It's a hard one because when I was a kid, I never really actually had a player that I was like, oh, I absolutely aspired to be that then. I think um, just when I was playing, I used, I started as a centre-back. And because um, when I started off with the boys, and I, I remember I would like slide past them and like, I was this girl like beating up a boy. <laughs> and um, so the coach said to me, you'd be a good centre-mid because I, I was quite good at like, passing the ball off and then winning it type of thing. Okay. And then with age, I just started getting a bit more up the field and then scoring more goals. And, and I absolutely loved being in that attacking third. So now I'm just, that's my ideal position. But um, yeah, I've never actually really had a player that I aspire to be like really. I guess when you watch, when you watch football now, is there, are there, are there certain players that you do watch and just, enjoy enjoy watching more uh, or seeing play um, more yeah well in men's Eden Hazard he's yeah he's my favourite player just and he's like an attacking uh, I love the way he dribbles with it and like goes forward it's just yeah love it well you know there's a new guy at Chelsea and he's he's from America you could you could say oh, him too I know. he's brilliant isn't he yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant and injured at this point but we need him healthy oh, no. um, yeah he's really good yeah 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 anyway uh and and i i would say is that just because of your 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 chelsea connection is that how you found eden hazard or was it just the what it, he just kind of jumped out to you at some point i think so because when um you're younger you actually still train where the top men train mm. so you would you would travel so i was like 10 years old and i might see like a like a 
professional male footballer and I'm like, oh my God. Um, and so when you're in that environment and then, and then I start becoming like a big fan of Chelsea and that. And then so when you're watching games and going to the games, he just was a standout player for me really. Okay. Well, this is getting better than I thought it was going to go. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I feel like Haley's, Haley's uh, sabotaging me on purpose, um, bringing in players from uh, that, that postcode, but that's okay. Um, so I, I guess, Lee, uh, as we kind of get towards the, the end of this, um, you know, obviously you, you have goals and things like that. I would say like, what, what's your feeling going into the season? Is it, is, are you, are you, are you more happy to be back? Are you more happy with how the team's coming together and you feel like you're ready for the season or, or do you feel like with just, you know, a, a couple of weeks left to go that you, there's still kind of a lot of work to be done to, to get to where you guys want to be, um, before the season officially starts? Um, I think we're pretty happy, um, with where we are and how things have looked, um, in training so far Like we don't expect it to be like at peak levels yet. Um, but I think we're quite realistic about how we want things to progress through preseason. And, um, you know, the games are sort of an extension of training in that respect. So um, we're looking forward to seeing and having more of an idea of where we are uh, once we've got a few games under our belt as well. But we, like I say, we've been really happy with um, the sort of togetherness in the squad, the, the understanding on the pitch as well and the sessions we've had. So it's not exactly where we want it to be yet but we know where it has the potential to go and we're happy with how it's progressing towards that i would say okay all right and, and jody i guess for you individually how are you feeling fitness wise coming into to i guess the start of not the start of preseason but the start of, of, of matches and things like that um was it i mean obviously training and in, in, in matches are, are, are a big there's a big difference between the two but how are you feeling uh, at this point um in, in preseason yeah, to be honest, I'm not actually as bad as I thought I would be. And I think it's because <laughs> through, lock, through lockdown, when there's nothing to do, my only thing every day was to go for a run to do fitness. And so when I kept, when we came into like pre-season training, I was actually, um, yeah, I thought I was all right to be fair, but see how we go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, like, you know, playing sports and always thinking like oh i've done i'm definitely like i'm in the best shape of my life and then you show up in the first day and you're like i hate everybody because <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not ready for this and i don't know that's never changed it doesn't matter what i do on my own it never seems to to work out right <laughs> yeah coaches always yeah, seem to be able to do what you haven't done they know i don't know lee what what's what class do you guys go to or what psychic ability do you guys have to punish players for for not not doing the one thing you're going to make them do when they get there <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we we really had to we've not had to go down that route uh, so far, which has been nice. Um, yeah, like I say, the, the players have all been really receptive to um, to what we want to try and do this season. They've all been putting the work in off the pitch during lockdown as well. So, um, like I say, we're really happy with where we are at the moment. All right, all right. Um, well, I th I think you know unless unless you guys have other things you want to discuss, I don't want to take up. Uh, too much more of your time, but uh, I just want to say thank you to to both of you for for doing this. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I mean, is there anything else you want to make sure we highlight before we before I let you guys go? Um, not really at the moment. Just if anyone isn't uh, following the club on the on social media, do that. Keep track of where we're going. We can't obviously have uh, any uh, any crowds at the games at the moment, <laughs> but hopefully that'll get lifted uh, um, 
you know, further into the season. And uh, yeah, if anyone's uh, local, get down to uh, get down to Alsford once uh, once it's safe to do so. Yeah, and I, I guess I will I will ask a, a couple questions on that. With with no crowds being allowed, I mean, how how much is that going to impact what happens on the pitch? I mean. The fact that we've heard everything that that Ralph Hasenhutl said to the men's team over the past couple of uh, of weeks when they were playing, it, it seemed like uh, you know you could hear all of the instructions and hear who doesn't talk and who does talk. And I, I guess is that kind of has that allowed you to 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 do anything different when you're when you're watching the games? You can see who's who's really uh, organizing and communicating on the pitch a little bit more, or is it uh, will you guys just treat it as normal as normal and just move forward? Um, I mean, we'll treat it as normal. I think. So sort of last year we were getting crowds of of like a hundred for a game, which um, doesn't generate that much noise. Um, but it's, for the for the level, it's it's brilliant getting that many people in. And we had some games that had um, sort of bigger crowds. Like when we played Southampton away midweek at the start of last season, um, there were quite a few hundred people in there, um, yeah. and the players got a real buzz off of that because it was under the floodlights as well, and it was a really high tempo competitive game. So. Um, I think it, it definitely makes a difference even at our level, but, um, but yeah, I mean, preseason friendlies are normally quite low attendance anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I don't think it'll make too much of a difference, um, in that respect for the friendly games. Uh, cause I mean, even in previous seasons, there's been friendlies that have been played behind closed doors anyway. Um, cause like I say, at this time of season, it's more of an extension of training and working on things rather than, uh, it being, sort of ultra competitive which um once those games do start there it'd be good to, to have people back in yeah yeah i guess jody i just want to i want to ask you one more thing before i let you guys go i know i said uh, i'll have you guys done by by a certain time so we'll make sure <laughs> we do that have you been sent off in, in your career um no i haven't actually i've had a few yellow cards but i'm all, I'm all right on the field okay. well don't start this year then because the... <laughs> yeah i'll try not to <laughs> um <laughs> Well, and I just want to say once again to, to thank you very much. And to anybody who's not following the team uh, on the social medias, it's at S O T O N Women's F C. Uh, I know you have a new um, you have a new website that, and, and and as you said, people won't be allowed in in the matches uh, for the foreseeable future. So we don't know how long that's going to last. But that puts uh, no pressure on Haley. But that puts a little bit more pressure on Haley to to keep people connected with what's going on. And if people follow along on social media and on the website. Um, you know, you'll be able to to keep up with the team quite well. Um, uh, you guys are always looking for sponsors uh, for the for the team and for the players individually. And, and if anybody is out there and you 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 have a small business or you're interested in, in sponsoring a player and making sure they can uh, you know continue to play in the team and, and everything's kind of gets gets uh, financially taken care of, um, you can get in contact with uh, either Haley or the club uh, secretary. And the links to all of those things are in the show notes and. Um, it is it is ne- a necessary part of of playing at this level is having a sponsor and, and finding that. So I'm sure there are many pl- players looking for that for one, and the club's always looking for one. So, so people can do that. And um, yeah, I just want to say just want to say thank you. Um, okay, well I, I think that about wraps it up. I, I promised you guys I'd get you out of here, and we're only a couple minutes late, which is a, a it's going well for me. Uh, I hope it's I hope you guys have had, had a good time. Links to follow you guys on on social media and stuff is all in the show notes. Um, once again, if, if you're interested in sponsoring anybody uh, or part of the team or whatever, uh, get in touch with the club. The, all the links are down there. And uh, I know that 
that the players and the coaches and, and everybody involved with the club would be uh, super happy to, to, to have you on board. And uh, once again, just thanks to you, Lee, and, and to Jody. I appreciate it, both of you, your time, and um, best of luck tomorrow, which by the time people hear this will be several days ago. But um, best of luck then and, and going forward in, in the preseason and in the regular season. Yeah, thank you very much. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Jody Birchall and Lee Hurl. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for giving me your time. Uh, and congratulations on officially getting the season or the preseason, the first friendlies, uh, out of the way. Good luck going forward. Um, I, I hope for your safety and your success. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. And I'd also like to give thanks again to Haley Newman for making sure this happens. Um, thank you for always responding to my messages, uh, for not ghosting me, and for helping me find so many great players and other people to talk to all around the club. As mentioned before, if you are interested in sponsoring the club or a player, please get in touch with the club secretary. All of the links are in the show notes. Uh, they would be very appreciative of that as they look to push once again for promotion. The show wouldn't be anything without the guests and the listeners that we have. So thank you to all of you. Special thanks to the partners of the show, including the Saints Archive, which you can find at saintsarchive.com. It's a great community of Saints fans uh, discussing and reliving uh, moments from the past that will make us smile, some that will make you cry, uh, but mostly their tears of joy. So if you haven't visited the Saints Archive, you're not a member of the Facebook group, you're not following along on social media, be sure do that. And to stay up to date with everything going on at Southampton right now, go ahead and follow the Southampton page at Southampton page one on Instagram and at Southampton page on Twitter. The logo for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. So for all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to follow the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Box Cat Games and the initial credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. We will be back, of course, next week with something a little bit special. I hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to presenting it to you. And uh, if you want a little something extra, you can get involved in a, in a private discussion, a private chat uh, with all of the other patrons uh, by visiting patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. Uh, you'll also get extra podcast episodes to join at the $5 per month level. Uh, special thanks to all the patrons who help support the show. They make this thing all possible. But um, that does it for this week. I want to say thanks again for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the future. And until then, we're in it together. We march on.